Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh -huh. There's some damsels in the DM. Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren. I'm Ash. And I'm Alejandro. Hello, hello. Oh my God, Mercury retrograde. Everyone's staying sane. Everyone not losing their phones. <laughs> I have not been losing my phone, but I've slightly been losing my mind, but oh. we'll get into it. Um, we'll get into it. I did crack my phone. So, I mean, that kind of counts, right? Totally. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but Alejandro, speaking of Mercury and retrograde, we missed you at the screening. I know. I was really disappointed to have gotten COVID. I mean, one to have it, but then two to miss that event. Uh, how yeah. was it? Yeah, Defining Dodo, just for the listeners, was in the California Women's Festival. And Alejandro is usually my teammate to everything. And I was all by my lonesome doing my chit-chatting. Uh, but it was really good. It was really fun. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a good audience. There were a lot of really good projects that were included in the festival. One thing that was really funny was somebody who was starring in Dear God, who I believe won the audience award in the festival, uh, was an actress who was in a play that I was in like a few years um I guess, like really professionally acting in LA. Um, and she was phenomenal in it. But it's just so funny how small this industry is, you know, and how you're always running into people that you don't expect. That's amazing. And to be able to cross paths at something that is celebrating the work that you both are involved in. I mean, that's so cool. That must have felt really amazing. And I love yeah. those opportunities to like just connect with filmmakers, connect with people who are just passionate about storytelling. Uh, yeah, that was why I was bummed you were missing it because I know you get so much out of that. I was sad, yes. I was Aww. really disappointed, but hopefully more to come. <laughs> but it's been cool just, you know, aside from getting healthier, trying to find balance. And I, I think that's a topic that we have talked about are constantly working through in our daily lives. Also listeners, I just want to share on this episode, we're going to be talking about balance as you have heard. So it's not going to be, you know, straight just about dating, but we think that in approaching your relationships and approaching dating, balance really matters. Um, so we do want to start incorporating talking about lifestyle um, and how that attributes to dating and having a healthy dating life. And yeah, I, I love it. Cause I get between relationships and work and you our own, health, our own health, it's a fun challenge to, you know, keep that momentum going. I 
want to know from you guys what order you prioritize your life to keep everything balanced between your career, between your personal relationships, could be in your friendships or significant others, um, your own self, your mental health, your physical health, family. Um, yeah, what order do you guys prioritize that? I have a hard time with this. And I think it's something that I've been better at lately in the past couple of months by getting rid of some responsibilities and honing in on the responsibilities that were really important to me and things that I wanted to take care of. I think right now, I would probably say like, if I'm being honest, what my priorities are probably career relationships, myself. And that's not to say that I'm not like valuing myself for my well being, because I definitely think I am. Uh, it just feels really wrong to say that uh, I'm valuing myself before my relationships. But I think that that's something we have to get better at saying that we do value ourselves because it's like, you know, the airplane metaphor, you have to put your own mask on the airplane before you help somebody else put on their mask. But I do think having a dog does put in perspective to you, like the other people you have to take care of in your life. One thing that I'm getting better at is making sure that I meditate and do morning pages before I take on my work responsibilities, because you guys know I like work on weekends, like my brain doesn't really turn off like uh, you guys also work on weekends. I'm the annoying person that like writes in the group message, something that I'm thinking about for the podcast on Saturday night at midnight. Like, I, I know that that's me. I'm the one suggesting meetings on a Sunday. But I also think that that's just because I'm really passionate about what I'm doing. And like, I think as you get into your later 20s, you start to have a better understanding of who you are and what's important to you. I think in my beginning 20s, I was like, really putting other people ahead of myself and what other people thought of me ahead of myself and my needs. And now that I'm diving into more about what I care about, then um, I think that just means my career takes more precedence for me. And I, I like that you said about the passion because because you are passionate about your career, it kind of forms into a whole, like you kind of are also prioritizing yourself because you're passionate about your career. So you're kind of linked into yeah. your career that way. And then you are prioritizing yourself in the mornings. You're doing meditation and journaling. And that's like the best thing that you could yeah. do for yourself. And I know you're active. You're always going on hikes at times of the night that you're not supposed to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and working out so you I, I like that you are you've got sounds like a really healthy balance and you know relationships are always going to be there the ones that matter and they'll understand that you're prioritizing yourself and or your career and, and they'll always be there you know and, and you are someone who I've seen like makes time for everything in your life which is really cool and especially you make time for people in your life too um, you're in a long distance relationship. You make time to go to New York to see your boyfriend. You know, that's, thank you. That's really great at prioritizing and organizing what you're supposed to be doing and when. I wish we didn't think about things like prioritizing over other things. You know, like I wish life could be like a pie and um, you have like the right amount of everything that you're devoting your life to. And like, there's a spirituality slice. There's a fun slice because I want to talk about that too. First, I want to ask you guys um, your order of prioritizing, but then I want to get into a little bit about prioritizing fun because I want to talk about fun in relationships and fun in dating in terms of balance because I don't think that we think about dating or relationships as fun all the time. Like sometimes we, when we're putting pressure on dating, we don't think of it as like 
something to be enjoyed, like having that whole process to be enjoyed. There's like too much of a goal orientation around finding a partner. Um, and I want fun to be a slice of the pie. But uh, Alejandro, please tell us the order that you prioritize your life. I have to agree. And I love what you said about uh, your experience, but my thought process, I think is somewhat similar. I'm almost imagining it like a triangle, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you have the self, you have work and other relationships. And I, I feel like not necessarily putting them in like an order of one, two, three, but allowing myself the flexibility to move between them um, as fluidly as possible. Because one thing that I've been trying to do more of, especially within this new year, is creating like a routine. And I'm kind of bad at sticking to that, but it's nice to you know, again, keep in mind that triangulation of those priorities, but then also like making sure that all of those are accounted for in the routine and being okay if I spend too much time on one thing and if that means like a little less time spent on another because I can be like really hard on myself uh, for, you know, whatever amount of reasons, but especially when it comes to like trying to check that off or check off like, okay, like, did I do this or do that? It can be somewhat challenging to take it easy on myself, but then it's like, well, if I'm making progress in one area, then I should be thankful for that and just keep moving and figure out, you know, what the next day may bring. So yeah, I think the, my priorities or my prioritizing is still, is, is always in motion. It's never mm -hmm. fixed in stone, but I think that works for me. And um, I think the style that I like to work in. And what about you, Ash? I like that because both what, what both of you said is balance. Like, you know, not thinking about it as prioritizing, but just kind of balancing it all. And they're all equally as important. And you just need to figure out a way to just balance each one of those. Um, for me this year, I wanted to really focus on my relationships and my friendships because I was out of LA for most of the year last year. You know, I was with my family the whole time and I didn't really get to engage with my friends. I didn't really... I didn't really put any effort into dating. Yeah, I dated here and there and I had fun stories to tell, but like, I didn't really care for it because I just wasn't ever in LA. So this year I have been trying to spend more time with my friends and not bail on them because usually I'd be like, no, I'm so tired. I literally just got back. Like, I just want to stay at home and not do anything, but I'm going on more trips with my friends instead of just going back to see my family. Um, which is really cool. And then I'm prioritizing acting this year, um, at least for the first half of the year, I'm staying put in LA. If I'm going to travel, it's only going to be on the weekends. Um, I'm not gone for like a week at a time. Um, so definitely career and relationships. And then for myself, I've always been like, I've been prioritizing myself for quite a while now. I'm just slowly working on it, you know, therapy every week, working out every day, eating healthy, going on walks sometimes if I have time in my day. Um, so that's something that's kind of, I've helped me build like a routine that way. And I've kind of stuck with it, journaling every day, meditating if I have, if I remember to meditate. Um, but I feel like journaling is kind of like a very, you know, it is kind of meditative. Um, so yeah, like you said, with that triangle, I have those three things and I kind of just juggle them around. Um, and then hopefully they start to have this pattern where they all start just sticking and then it's one just fluid, like ball pie. One of the things that I think you and I relate a lot on is that we both do travel a ton. And 
I don't know if this is something that you've experienced, but at least like a few years ago when I was traveling a lot, I would have like a negative time on some of my trips because I would be thinking about work and the work that I was not doing and how other people might be getting more work done or going further in their careers because they were just staying in LA or just staying in whatever city they were in. And I realized that like to really have a good time traveling, I actually need to travel less um, because then it, it made me start to appreciate the trips that I was going on. And honestly, I just spent so much time like comparing myself to other people when I was on the trip. Is that something that you've ever experienced? Yeah, definitely. Especially seeing um, a lot of other South Asians in this industry, seeing them get really good roles. And then I'm like, oh, like I'm happy for them. I'm really happy for them because I want there to be a lot more South Asian uh, representation or just people of color in general. But then I'd be like, damn it. Like I could have had that. Like, why yeah. didn't I get that um, audition? You know, why didn't I read for it? But then I'm like, I'm not even there. I've been booked out. Like I've not been consistent at all. Obviously my manager is not going to submit me for stuff. If I'm not even here, my presence is not felt at all. So yeah, I heavily feel that. And that's what made me want to be like, I'm staying in LA. I'm not going anywhere. I'm yeah. Be here. I'm going to focus on my classes and training and just really get into it. I love that. What I, as both of you were sharing, I was thinking and kind of laughing to myself about how I'm kind of like on the opposite end of that. <laughs> because I, my boyfriend is so encouraging of taking vacation, taking time off, like taking trips. And I am of the opposite mindset where I'm just like, oh my God, I have so much work that I need to do. I have so many things to cross off my list. Like taking time off and like removing myself from those obligations, like it, it freaks me out a little bit. I mean, not freaks me out, but it just definitely creates uh, inner turmoil because I feel, like I said already, like this just like intense pressure to like make sure everything is done. And then yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. I think um, what you said about how you kind of not freak out, but get anxiety about like all the things that you have to finish and the thought of taking time off is just like, hell no, you know, I'm not going to do that. That just means that you need to add more of that into your life and, you know, give yourself that time to, to pay attention to yourself and like, and care for yourself in that way that like, Hey, I need to just literally, even if it's one day, don't even have to go on vacation. Just literally take a day off, tell everyone, you know, whatever commitments, like block this day off on your calendar and just have that day to yourself, go do all the things that you love and like, make sure that you're giving yourself that attention that you need from yourself. Some of the ways that I've worked to combat my anxiety on taking time off, um, on this particular vacation, I went to Tahiti with Brian. It was really nice, but I decided that rather than booking out from my agents and managers, I was going to say like, hey, I'm going to be out of LA, New York in case there's any in-person auditions, but I'm bringing myself tape set up and I'm still willing to do auditions. So I ended up having three auditions while I was there. And that's something that you have to say to yourself, like, yeah, I'm I'm in another country right now, but um, I'm accepting that I am going to take time away from this trip to do work. And that's hard because, you know, like I'm on vacation right now. I want to enjoy myself. I want to be totally present here. But I know for me that thinking about the opportunities that I'm missing by being on this trip, it's better that I just do them and like say like, okay, now I'm going to do my work here and now I'm going to enjoy here and have a combination of it. And even you guys know, like even for the podcast, I was doing stuff while I was away. Cause it's like, 
it's when something is your baby, it's really hard for you to say like, Hey, I'm going to just like let everything go for a week. And some of the ways that I am trying to be present and like have kind of a happy medium on that is I've been staying on airplane mode the entire time I'm traveling. So like you still get Wi-Fi when you're in the hotel or the Airbnb, wherever you're staying, but I'm totally off the grid whenever I'm leaving, wherever I'm staying. So like, at least if I'm doing an activity or something, I am totally present, like with whatever the activity is that I'm doing. So I would say that's like helping me develop a balance better because you guys are both actors and I don't know if you struggle with this, but I do, but acting like is part of my identity and to not be successful as an actor feels like not succeeding as me as a person. Um, And it's really hard for me to separate who I am from my career. And I think like, Ash, you called me out on it when I said like, I prioritized my career. Yeah, because we're actors that is like partially prioritizing yourself and prioritizing what you want out of life. And because like for us, they are so linked. It's not like a job you're performing for somebody else all the time. Uh, It makes it harder to have that balance. Um, And somebody said to me like, what if you weren't successful in acting? Like, what would your life look like? And like, what if your career wasn't everything? And I think that those questions are like good to ask because at least one of the things, and I know this is really long-winded, but one of the things that I've been thinking about in light of Martin Luther King Day is what can I be doing for other people? Because sometimes our acting career does feel kind of like, not selfish, but like, how can I make sure that my art is serving other people and that I'm creating this for other people besides just doing something that makes me happy? And I think that those are some of the things that I've been working on, like while trying to find a balance in my career, like adding in a component, like we talk about our relationships, but what about the people that I don't even know? Like, how do I make sure that my art is serving them too? And I guess those are just some of the things when I think about balance, like, maybe it's a question of it being more than three things that you're serving. Like, does your pie include other things? And and how do you find time for all of those? Yeah, honestly, I've been finding it really hard to balance life um, when I'm dating. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how, um, I mean, I guess you'll get used to it once you do eventually, you know, in a relationship for a very long time. Um, but for me, it's been when I like someone, it, my everything stops. And it's really hard for me to focus on my work, um, myself. I'm so distracted. I'm like in my feelings, I have anxiety and I just can't think about anything else, but you know, what's happening in my like dating life or what this guy's up to, or like, is he going to text me? And I was talking to my therapist about this and, you know, she was kind of giving me coping mechanisms to kind of deal with it when, when that does happen. But it's just really important to, to have a goal in mind and then like have kind of like those blinkers on when you're, you know, those horses that have those like the blinding shields, I think the blinding shields. Yeah. And just have that on. So that's what I've been trying to do with these dates that I've been going on. Like I'm not getting too excited about it because I still know that I have so much other stuff to do. You know, I have my career, I have my mental health, I have my physical health, my friendships. Like I'm going to prioritize going to sushi with my friends rather than going on a date with someone that I don't know just because I haven't seen my friends in a really long time. So it just is crazy when I do start lacking a guy that I forget all about everything else that I have. And then my balance is just completely shifted and the scales are boop and fall. Everything falls. Yeah. I was about to say, I can connect on that too. I have definitely been guilty of allowing a romantic, my romantic relationship to interfere with either self-interests or like whatever but yeah it's so so important to like have 
have other things going on in one's life in order to like keep ourselves busy, keep ourselves moving and, you know, feeling good, not only about ourselves, but the work that we're doing. And, and it's great when your partner is able to support you and encourage you and be like, Hey, like, you don't need to focus on that. Like you can, you can do you and you can focus on whatever project or whatever you need to do. Like I'm good. And that's one of the reasons I, yeah, he, yeah, Daniel's been really great at that. So it's been nice and refreshing to allow myself that time and to like check in with myself, not just checking with him, just like checking in with like, what am I doing to not necessarily stay sane, but to stay focused and to keep priorities or to honor the priorities that I set for myself. Cause that's what it really is. It's holding ourselves accountable to the things that we want to do and working toward our goals always. And part of that is making sure that not only we are doing the things that we yeah. say we want, but allowing ourselves and giving ourselves the space and time to achieve them. I mean, I don't even know how much I've talked about this on the podcast before, but for me, like when I was single, particularly in college, it was a really toxic time for me and being single and like the idea of male attention was very toxic for me. And it was all consuming and it was all encompassing and it was all I worried about. And it was all I talked about. And I think like, when I think back to that time, one of the things that makes me so upset is that I had no balance in my life because like my love life was my obsession. And like most people in my life didn't know me before, both of you didn't know me before my relationship with Brian. Um, so it's easy now to like to see me as somebody who's like passionate about their career and driven. But when I was single, I wasn't. I was just obsessed with like finding a boyfriend. It was all I cared about. And I think like now it's hard for me to see friends who feel that same way because the reason that I can be successful in a relationship and be successful in my career is only because I found a balance there and found somebody who supports me to have a career and follow that. I think when I was single, the only thing that was really fulfilling for me was finding a significant other and like getting that attention. Cause I think that love can be really addictive. And I don't think we talk about that like enough, like just how addictive like that attention from another person and that approval from another person can be so toxic. And yeah. So when I see people who are single now and like they spend so much time worrying about finding that person or like worrying about that breakup, for me, the best advice I could give is just finding that balance in your life and like thinking about the other areas that are fulfilling, because now I know how fulfilling acting and my career is. But at the time, I didn't know. And that love component was the only thing that was fulfilling to me. Totally. I had a, yeah. I was, again, I come in with the opposite experience, but like also <laughs> college, you know, I was anti relationship. I was anti dating. I was just like very much like, I'm going to treat sex as a convenience and that is that there was no because like I was so yeah I wanted to get through university successfully and I part of that was not having any distraction of a romantic life a romance life so on one hand I see how that was useful but then on the other I see how it, it's kind of limiting um, in terms of my exposure to different types of relationships or um, different types of romantic partners but, you know, I mean, that was also when I was young. So it's like how much of my, of the best version of myself could I really give at that mm -hmm. time? Yeah. So it's like, you know, another instance where it's like, I kind of had to like not put so much pressure on myself, but at least just like, okay, acknowledge and move on. But yeah, I, th I think now it's, it's really cool to be in my thirties and to 
you know, have these conversations both with my partner and with myself and with friends, yeah. like, just like how we're doing, but in talking about the, the idea of balance, because I don't think that I was having those conversations when I was in college. <laughs> I had no idea what balance was in college. Oh. Like I was either blacked out or <laughs> I was like in the library studying. There was no in between, you know, it's like, I can't like, you know, just have like a couple of drinks and then the next morning I'll wake up refreshed and I'll go and work out and then I'll go study and then I'll do, you know, hang out with my friends. I couldn't do that. It was one or the other. And so I remember when I did have like big assignments coming up or a big um, exam or something, I would kind of just be like, nobody talk to me because if you talk to me, I'm going to get distracted and I'm going to come with you and mm -hmm. we're going to go do stuff. So please like, do not enter. Do not knock my door. Like just leave me alone. I didn't know how to balance. Yeah. I still have a lot of resentment for that side of myself. Like when I was younger, um, who was so boy crazy and so boy obsessed and lacked a lot of balance. And um, I've talked, I think I talked about this recently, but Jared Goldstein came on the podcast and talked about how like the things that we don't want to talk about are often the things that we should be talking about. Like what's the hardest for us to voice um, are some of the things that we should be sharing. And I think I'm just coming to terms with talking about how like, that like boy crazy boy side younger version of myself was really hard for me to accept and I think that I did like such a sharp turn when I entered a relationship because I had been missing all of the many things in life that are so fulfilling besides dating and being in a relationship but yeah I want the listeners to have a different experience than I did and not like have that because I'm just working with like inner child therapy and like working to accept like the full person that I am, including um, that person who was boy crazy. And like, what did that boy crazy side of myself um, tell me? Like, how did that inform the person that I am today? And what was the purpose of that in my life? And I'm hoping that like people who are listening to this and people um, who are dating right now and finding that person, like what you can learn is that having really strong friendships in your life matter and like uh, strong relationships with your family. And like, if there are grudges that you're holding or anger that you're holding or something silly that like you're holding against a friend right now, let it go and move on and like find a way to have things in your life that make you happy. Even if it's taking a pottery class, like have fun in your life and, and just do things besides worrying about attention and finding fulfillment and love. Because like when you do find that support from another person, what you're going to be sharing is the rest of your life. You're not going to be diving into that person for that long. Um, <laughs> so make sure that you love everything else um, and that you love the person that you get to share everything that you're doing with. I love that. But speaking of finding happiness within your life and within your career and finding that balance, um, we have a letter writer today who's asking the same questions. Who would like to read it? By the way, Alejandro, my mom loved the way you read the letter on uh, Nikki's episode and said that it was like uh, she could really hear the letter writer asking the questions. Yeah, and also yeah. Nikki loved his voice as well. She was like, I could keep <laughs> listening to your voice all day. <laughs> so how about we have you read the letter, Alejandro? Let me read this. Let me do this. All right. We have, Dear Damsels, I recently got a new job, which I'm so excited about. The position is a senior management role at a Fortune 500 company. I am in my late 20s. And I already feel like I have imposter syndrome because I am younger than most of the people than, that I manage on my team. 
I want to make sure that I show up every day for work and go above and beyond and really prove to my team that I'm here for the job. That being said, I know that this is going to take up all of my time. And I don't know if I will have time to focus on other aspects of my life, like dating, friendships, my mental health and physical health, etc. I'm currently single and on the dating apps, and I don't have time during the week to go on dates because I'm up working late. And on the weekends, I have to choose between getting drunk with my friends, going on a date, or staying in and taking care of myself. How the hell do I do it all and maintain a strong bond with my friends, find a girlfriend, and make sure I'm sane enough to keep up with work every day? Sincerely, I'm wiped out and need help. Um, I want to know how old this person is, first of all, Um, like just to get a better idea of where they are in their life and their career. I know. Late 20s. Oh, they said late 20s? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Great. Well, what do you want to be doing? That's my number one question. Um, Like what feels right? Because there is nothing wrong with going out and getting drunk with your friends. And if you want to put that over going on dating apps, great, do it. Because like you're in your late 20s, have the best time. Something that Brian and I talk about a lot is that when you go over your year, you often don't talk about like, what was the best moment at work? Like, where did I excel the most on one project? Like, you usually talk about the fun trips you did with your friends or that amazing dinner that you shared um, with your significant other or that day you went to the beach. You usually talk about like the trips and the life experiences and the friends you made and the relationships you formatted rather than just saying the career stuff. And I know that's hilarious coming from me and after how I just went on this whole spiel about finding passion in my career. But um, it sounds like you're really excited about this job and great. Like if that's something that you're really excited about, then you should go all a full throttle in. Um, You won this job, like you got the role because you interviewed well and you developed those experiences. So there's no reason for you to have imposter syndrome. And then with what little time you have in your free life, just ask yourself what you want to do. I think as long as you're always honoring um, what's making you happy and what you want to be doing, then it it really doesn't matter the rest. Totally. I am curious, though. I wonder if the imposter syndrome is somehow affecting the either ability or desire to pursue things that are like just interesting to this person. You know, I, I feel like there's so much pressure on, you know, work stuff where even though there's like a little list of like, you know, dating, friendships, mental health, and physical health, the whole email is really about work. So Mm. it's like, I would really encourage, it's kind of what you were saying earlier about like finding things that make you happy, but like really diving into those and not putting so much pressure on like getting everything done. Because at the end of the day, the bosses are going to like not be so hard on you. They're going to understand like we're all human we're all working through really interesting circumstances um for a while now so yeah I agree I actually have a friend who is in a similar situation and she is in her like mid-20s and she's in a like a management position like a high-up position she also manages a team that are you know full of people who are number one men and then number two um older than her so they don't take her seriously which this is just ridiculous in corporate worlds um that women still have to go through this but she has been working till 11 p.m every night 
and it's just insane like the toll that it's taking on her you know her on her and she doesn't really like she doesn't complain about it um or she doesn't really like talk about the toll that is taken on her but I can't I, I can only imagine like what that must be like you know and then on the weekends you have Friday night to go out you have Saturday night to go out and then that's it so for this guy it's like if you do want to part, like, you know, go out with your friends or go on a date, one is taken up by your friends, one is taken up by a date, where's time for yourself? Totally. How are you going to fit it all in? So what I would say is, honestly, it feels like, you know, work is going to be taking up a lot of your time. And right now, since you are new to this job, I would say, make sure you are showing up for yourself, um, rather than trying to show up for your friends or for a girlfriend or whatever it is, because yeah. this is a big role and you know you are going to be worse like a dog especially if it's a fortune 500 company so prioritize yourself your mental health like you said Alejandro self-care is like the number one thing um that will help you the most in this situation and you know if you do want to go on dates if, if getting a big being in a relationship is important to you and finding a girlfriend is important to you then do like a Sunday, you know, you don't have to spend the whole day or like go get drunk or like do something that's like exhausting. Do something that you would already be doing on a Sunday, but just have the date as well. So like if you're going to go on a hike or work out, go on a hike and then ask the girl to come on a hike with you. Or if you're going to get breakfast anyway, go ahead and, you know, take a girl to breakfast. So kind of just like multitasking and killing two birds with one stone, I think would be the best way to do it. Do you guys remember, like, uh, I remember this, like, particularly in high school, but, like, the idea of being a renaissance man or a renaissance woman and, like, being a triple threat, like, particularly in musical theater, like, I sing, I dance, I act. I think that, like, later in my life, I realized I am not a triple threat. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't sing that well. I don't dance that well. I act. Um, and you know what? I think it's okay. I don't think you need to have it all. I think you just need to have what you like and what makes you happy. Because I think like, as we get older, like you realize all of your quirks and like your individualistic characteristics, um, are what make you stand out and, um, what make people more attracted to you. And I think the more we strive to have it all, then the less we do, you know, like the more naturally you can just approach your life and approach what you want to be doing, then that's like, really when you have it all, but the more pressure you put on having it all, I think it's harder to have that way. Um, And I really like what you said, Osh. And when I was looking at the letter, it made me think of how they say, getting drunk with my friends, going on a date, or staying in and taking care of myself. And like the idea of you staying in is what you're saying is taking care of yourself. Because you could say like going out and getting drunk with your friends is taking care of yourself. Like sometimes like that is the thing that you're doing that makes you take care of yourself. Sometimes going on the apps and like getting attention from potential significant others, that's taking care of yourself. But to me, it sounds like if you think the staying in part is what's going to help you take care of yourself, then maybe that is something that you need to prioritize doing. Just because I think sometimes like we give those subliminal hints in what we write and what we say, (laughs) and that can often tell you what you do need to be doing. Totally. Now I want to go back. It's separate from the letter, but let's take it back to you saying you're not a triple threat. Hello, you were the actress, (laughs) producer, and director of Defining Data. So yes, that is triple threat, honey. That is a powerful triple threat right there. Come on. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I guess like in um, maybe a context like that. But I ain't be dancing, okay? <laughs> you ain't going, I ain't no Billy Elliot over here. 
That just reminds me of your audition that you had to do where you had to do like a sexy dance. And uh, I will always be remembering that. (laughs) We don't got it all, okay? We just got we just got something. And and we hope you like our something uh, that we be that we are putting out on this podcast. But if there are things that you would like to be hearing more of on this podcast, please let us know because we are planning out our season three for you all. So there are, there are topics you'd like us to cover, different uh, themes that we should be talking about or themes that we shouldn't be talking about. Let us know because all of this is going to be taken into consideration as we do our planning meetings. So yes. keep us in the loop. And please keep writing to us. Um, yes. We love hearing from you guys and we love hearing your stories and it, it's just really nice to like have people you know engaging with us yeah the engagement is so powerful it makes all of this work at the end of the day just so much more meaningful knowing that we have questions coming in and our opportunity to help you all however season three may change that won't be so please write us your letters and if you like what you're hearing then rate and review that also really helps us find other listeners and we really appreciate it all right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Bye. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.